it's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Ahrens. All the things they say should matter, corrupted by the senseless chatter. Hi everybody, Cecile here with Get Mental Podcast. How are you guys doing? Hope you're all having a good week. Hope you're having a week better than my week. Well, so far, so good. Last week was really a doozy for me, and I'm going to talk about my personal experience dealing with a narcissist. OMG, it's been a while um, since I've encountered one of those personalities, and it was a great review on the clinical issues and, you know, uh, definition, but kidding aside, it was really, really hard. Uh, I've been dealing with it for a couple of weeks and you know, I'm fully aware of what's happening, but even at my level of, you know, insight and functioning in my profession, it still can be very hard to totally protect yourself from the, the impact and you're still affected by uh, people like this. So it's a great lesson, a humbling experience, but also increases my empathy for people who um, are experiencing this stuff day to day. At least this person isn't in my inner circle. So that's, what's in, that, bleh, sorry, that's what inspired me to talk about narcissistic abuse and narcissism, okay? So I'm sure you guys <clears throat> have heard that term before. And we often use it loosely sometimes to describe our friends, our family members, people, our experiences, the President of the United States perhaps for some of you. Hold on a sec. I had to take a sip of water there. Um, so let's break it down. And if you can relate to this, please let me know. Feel free to ask any questions, type it in, chime in. Uh, Cecile is going to get real at Get Mental. So there's narcissistic personality disorder, okay? And a lot of people don't really meet the criteria for narcissistic personality order, disorder. A lot of people have narcissistic traits, okay? And the thing I want you guys to understand is whether or not they meet the criteria for a true narcissistic personality disorder, it really almost doesn't matter because they will inevitably cause you harm. Wherever they are in the spectrum, there's going to be inevitable harm done to you. It's just a matter of degree and a matter of impact. So, hi Alan, thanks for watching. So, you know, narcissistic traits, here's a general kind of list of what to look out for. They usually are very charming and we call that superficial charm. You know, on the outside, they look like, you know, really nice, kind, genuine, authentic, happy, hardworking people. And until you really start to spend more time with them and you start to see the cracks and have direct experience of the inconsistencies, you're not really gonna know off the bat just from that that you're dealing with a narcissist 
or somebody with narcissistic traits or even a personality disorder. So superficial charm, they tend to be passive aggressive. They tend to be manipulative and some of them are really kind of on the down low with the manipulation, very subtle. You know, you can kind of slowly start questioning your judgment, your behavior, um, question just your own reality, your own experience of an event. So it kind of starts to happen usually incrementally, but for some narcissists who, who are who are, you know, prone to narcissistic rage, you can start to see the unraveling very quickly on. And so I'm gonna talk about my experience, okay? So they can also gaslight you. So gaslighting is basically a very psychologically um, based abuse, psychological, it's a form of psychological abuse, basically. And it's very common among uh, people who purposefully or unknowingly end up abusing another person. And it's basically, you know, um, when somebody is telling you that what happened didn't really happen or that what you heard or what you saw or what you experienced is really not, you know, how it is. There's no room for both of your realities. It's basically them trying to invalidate and dismiss your reality so blatantly that you really do start to question your experience of it. So you can imagine how traumatic and um, confusing that can be. It really can be a form of mind F, you know? Um, and I've seen this a lot happen with many people I support because I happen to specialize in domestic violence and I have my own personal experience of that. And then recently, you know, this came back, this experience came back into my circle in a different way, more in a professional setting. Um, so uh, that was really, um, took the, knocked the wind off my sails, but I'm doing a lot better. So if, in case you're, you're, you know, concerned about me, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. So the gaslighting, the hostility, the, um, this feeling that they're special somehow, that they're, you know, this feeling of superiority and this feeling of kind of having like a God complex almost, um, or like somehow they're more blessed than someone else, or, you know, you just kind of get that air of like somehow this person thinks they're better than, than you or other people. And some of them, here's the trick why it's hard to discern. Some of them are really covert about it. So not all narcissists are very outward or obvious about their narcissism. Some of them are what we call extroverted nar narcissists and some are introverted narcissists. And that's recently what I've been a victim of is the introverted narcissism. And this person really had superficial charm and was you know well regarded, was um, liked you know, by, I'm not gonna disclose a lot of details, but you know, it would take a while and it would take a very skilled person to really start to put two and two together and see the pattern. And it would also take a narcissistic injury, and we're gonna talk about that in a second, to activate narcissistic rage. And that narcissistic injury could be like anything like super small, whatever it is that triggers um, that person and oftentimes it's related to trauma. So a lot of times people with narcissistic disorder or narcissistic traits, if they have a chronic pattern of that in their interpersonal relationships or in the way they function, a lot of times they're also believed to also have 
a form of PTSD disorder or a degree of PTSD because there's a lot of trauma usually in unmet needs um, and neglect that these people have experienced. Understanding that and having empathy for that is one thing. It doesn't mean you can't have boundaries and it doesn't mean you can't that you have to accept that in your life. It's very, very important that you, as soon as you recognize this, as soon as you suspect that you may be dealing with a narcissistic person, it's very important to start trusting that and to start, you know, checking it out with people and talking it out with friends, seeing a professional, because the recovery from a toxic person like a narcissist or, you know, people who, who have a lot of narcissistic traits, the impact can be so deep unbeknownst to you sometimes. And the recovery is not as easy or it's not such a linear process because of all the mind games and the psychological abuse and exploitation that can happen when you are with and around and involved with this person. So it's very, very important that you give yourself the permission to seek support and when in doubt it's better to trust the doubt and seek support even if you're wrong you know that you're dealing with a narcissist then that's great news but if if you suspect oh gosh this just isn't feeling right anymore i'm starting to question my judgment my reality that's a big sign okay so other traits to look out for is they can be, the obvious one is they can be really abusive, they can be impossible relationally, meaning they can be really, really tough to deal with um, because they're always right and you're always wrong. And again, if they're gaslighting you and blaming you for everything and they're not showing any kind of remorse, which is a big one, and not showing a whole lot of empathy or not taking responsibility, then it is really, um, you become increasingly vulnerable to start believing their version of reality, okay? And this is where that psychological abuse starts to really um, occur. And it, it's very insidious, meaning you don't really always know that it's happening until you're further along in the victimhood of it. And that's when you realize like, oh shoot, you know, I've been dealing with somebody who's really not well or not stable. So, that's some of the, the things to look out for. Um, they also can be, you know, uh, like I said, abusive, but some of their abuse can be very subtle. It could be behind your back. It could be splitting behaviors. It could be what we, what we call splitting is it, they're telling somebody, you know, something that's untrue or semi-true about you and they twist the reality so that the one person or persons start to think differently of you. So really, the, the, the intent there is to create doubt, to ruin your reputation, you know, to um, distance you from people who may otherwise be seeing you in a positive light, which might be accurate, but for this person, you know, they're, they're going to do whatever they can to kind of break you down, you know, indirectly and directly. So they can also be very much into exploiting, exploiting you, exploiting your resources, exploiting your uh, friends, exploiting whatever it is that they can gain from you, 
Okay, this is really, really important. It's parasitic behavior. So again, there's continu a continuum of narcissism, right? Not all narcissists are the same. Some are just mildly narcissistic, and then you move into the continuum, and, and some of them are to the point of psychopathy, meaning they really don't have empathy or care about you. They just care about what they can take from you, and that's the parasitic nature. And if you're dealing with one of those, my heart goes out to you because that is a whole new level of, um, of suffering, really, but I want you to know there's help, okay? There's help, there's people, a skilled professional has to be part of your team because this is not your ordinary just person, you know, that you're fighting with. Um, I believe the person who victimized me is not completely on the extreme, but kind of close to that psychopathy. Just no empathy, no responsibility, no remorse, breaking the law, breaking professional code of ethics and just doesn't care. So um, that's what we're dealing with here. Some of them can also be very neglectful and passive aggressive. So, you know, um, if this person might be, say for example, a close person in your life, say, God forbid, your mom, because that, that is, you know, that, that does happen, that you have a parent who's narcissistic, and you're going to them for some kind of need or love or attention, if they are not in approval of you for that particular moment, they can be really cruel and neglect you and reject your bid for connection or love or attention. So you can imagine how cruel and abusive that is, especially if you're a child, okay? And I've had adults that I've had to help through this because of the pervasive kind of nature or narcissism that they've had to live with, you know, either dad or mom was a narcissist. Uh, they can be violent. That's kind of more the overt part, uh, type of narcissism. They can be financially abusive, you know, and that's again part of the, sorry for the background noise, that can be part of the parasitic nature of, you know, their personality. Because if you have a little empathy, right, if you don't really feel bad for your behaviors and you really don't think you're doing anything wrong because you have a sense of distorted entitlement, because that's really what's happening for them too. They feel entitled to these resources. They feel entitled to seeking justice from you. They feel justified for their behaviors because the narcissistic wound that you created, you know, makes them feel that they are now entitled to act in certain ways, right? So you guys follow me. This isn't reality. It's not accurate. It's absolutely distorted you know it's all their stuff it's all of their trauma all of the ways that their brain you know kind of finds a way to protect themselves from reality because it's too painful and it's too hard for me to kind of explain it in a Facebook live talk but there's a lot of stuff going on with these people that's beyond you you cannot fix them you cannot rehabilitate them it doesn't matter how kind or nice you are it doesn't matter how accommodating you are there is nothing you can do okay the best thing you can do is remove yourself from this toxic environment because even therapeutically speaking they're very very tough to rehabilitate most narcissists will not be in therapy because they don't think there's a problem so that's what we're dealing with here if they don't think there's a problem nothing will ever 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 change they will just find new people to victimize that's really scary the good news is there's not a whole lot of people who you know there's only a small percentage of the population that are truly psychopathic in that way but 
like I said, it doesn't matter where they are on the spectrum of narcissism. Even the, the, the milder versions of narcissism can still create and will still create some form of harm to you. So it's really important to know the signs so you can protect yourself, okay? Anybody who has any questions, please let me know. The other thing too is they lie. They lie blatantly. They deny, 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 you know, they can make up stories. They, they are just very invested in being right and, and not being held accountable. And the narcissistic injury, I want to talk a little bit about that. What that is, is like I said earlier, anything can trigger that. And it's usually not rational. So don't wait for it to make sense because usually it doesn't make sense. And even when it does make sense, the reaction is usually so excessive to the trigger. That's one of the ways you can tell is that would another person in my circle react in this way? You know, is this out of proportion? Is this person's reaction out of proportion to the incident or the issue that they're having a problem with? Another way to think about that is, does the punishment or reaction that they're, you know, demonstrating to you fit the crime, okay? So for me personally, that's when I started to look at this person very differently and that's when I started to put a different hat on when I was relating to her and understanding her um, because there were a lot of, tr you know, what we call hairline triggers. That means anything kind of, even the slightest thing can trigger this person, create an, uh, activate that narcissistic injury, and then you get the narcissistic rage. And some of them work really hard for you not to see the narcissistic rage because it's kind of a giveaway. Right? It's a giveaway and they're trying to kind of create this facade so you, you can't, you know, know that they're really who they are on the inside because they've worked so hard, right? To have that superficial charm, to look the role, to play the role, to look perfect, to be nice, to be all of these things that you think they are and then it starts to crack and it starts to no longer really make sense because you start to see the inconsistencies. And so sometimes when that's happening, they will withdraw because they don't want to engage in having to talk about it, to problem solve it, to be held accountable. So they'll start doing passive aggressive things or just downright aggressive things or just kind of check out because you know, you, you're discovering who they really are and they, they just move on to someone else. Um, so that can be really, really traumatic and rejecting if you're on the receiving end of that. But I want you to know if you have experienced this or you're currently experiencing it, it's not your fault. You are not going crazy. You are not alone. It's not you, even though maybe it's hard to kind of really, really find your center and believe that. This is why it's important to get help and support so that this person doesn't continue to take a hold of your mental faculties and your judgment and just your, yeah, your spirit basically, because they can really spiritually harm you in my opinion, because they're really kind of effing with you on so many levels, depending on the type of things they've they've committed or done to you. So hopefully that's really helpful. Um, you know, in my case, just to kind of um, self-disclose, like I said, this person was really, really amazing in the beginning, charming. You know, my, my guard wasn't up because they were also, you know, kind of in a trustworthy position. And then 
you know, a couple of people in my circle started coming to me, telling me things that were of concern about this person's behavior and some of the things they were saying or doing, but we all couldn't quite put our finger on it. So that's another indication. That's another red flag that sometimes your body knows, but your mind hasn't caught up to it yet. And because you don't have concrete data, you can't really like connect the two yet. You know, and again, that's not your fault. That's just part of the process of <laughs> discovering you're with a personality disordered individual. So, and you know, there was a narcissistic injury that occurred and so I confronted it in a very, very nice, respectful way. I already had a feeling that this person could be really volatile. So I did my best to, you know, talk about it in a very respectful way. And soon enough within, I wanna say less than a minute of the conversation, this person starts unraveling, became verbally abusive, attack, 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 thank God it was all virtual, um, and just came, became unhinged and started threatening and so forth, right? And so ended this meeting with this person because I wasn't feeling safe, but of course I didn't tell her that. I just said, you know, let's end it, let's just talk about it another time, blah, 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 blah. We reconvene and of course this person denies everything, denies the reality, and long story short, she did a lot of things that were illegal and unethical and, um, you know, I'm, the, I'm in the middle of pursuing those things, um, my avenues, because it really is absolutely out of line, to say the least, and I can't get into the details. So that's what's inspired me to do this talk, because honestly, like, it's only been maybe three weeks, and the first week was so intense you know, that I was like, wow, you know, I haven't had an experience like this in years. Um, and it just goes to show how, how easily one can be victimized. And again, it's not your fault. I just wanna normalize this for you if you've ever had a situation with a person like this or an abusive person, that the process is usually very insidious, meaning, you know, Think of a frog, I always say this to my clients, think of a frog in hot water, right? Or sorry, think of a boiling water. If you throw a frog in that hot water, what's gonna happen? The frog's gonna be immediately jump out, right? Because it's gonna be in shock. It's gonna really reject that temperature. It's gonna feel the heat. Usually what happens with narcissists and um, people who are you know, really manipulative and abusive is instead of the water boiling hot, it's usually lukewarm, right? And so imagine the frog going into this lukewarm water, okay? Some of them are gonna stay in there because it's not really burning you, it's not too hot, you kind of acclimate, you can kind of, you know, be tolerant of that temperature. And then the narcissist, metaphorically speaking, will start pouring a little bit more hot water at a time. And then you build your tolerance. You're like, oh, that's a little uncomfortable, but uh, I, I can still hang. Yeah, I, I'm, st I'm still good. <laughs> it's kind of what happened to me. And then the next thing you know, you look back and you're like, dude, I'm like in hot water. So that's kind of the process of abuse is if you've ever been in an abusive relationship, most abusers are not gonna be like, hey, by the way, on our first date, I just wanna let you know, I'm really abusive, and I'm gonna do this and this and this to you. And there was a restraining order, by the way, about five years ago. They're not gonna say all of that, right? So, and I'm not saying, by the way, that people can't change and rehabilitate, because I'm the number, I'll be the first person to tell you that I'm all about helping um, 
per perpetrators and you know domestic violence offenders so that's not what I'm saying okay but what I'm saying here is people are not gonna sh they're gonna put their best foot forward so that's why you can't tell until there are actual events that you know are compelling enough for you to start questioning that person that's why it's not your fault okay because it is sort of just happening to you so I hope that this helps you guys, you know, kind of um, improve your knowledge base about narcissism and abusive personality traits. And like I said, when in doubt, it's better to check it out. When in doubt, it's better to check it out because it's better to be wrong about being with a narcissist versus being right. Because like I said, the impact cannot be underestimated. And you know, someone at my level, right? Meaning I'm a therapist, I've done a lot of work on myself, I'm really good not being in toxic relationships and stuff like that. If I can be victimized, and I felt that, I felt the depth of kind of the, the sting of a narcissist, you know, in the last couple of weeks, and my close friends know that, that I've been dealing with this. If I, you know, am being that impacted, Imagine, you know, someone else who doesn't have this knowledge, who doesn't have a name for it, who doesn't really know what's going on and doesn't know that there's, you know, help out there and, and ways to healthily recover and effectively disengage from the toxicity and from this person, right? So hopefully if, if you are, you know, suffering from a narcissistic, uh, a narcissistic person's um, impact now or in the past that you give yourself permission to get help to not minimize it because oftentimes like I said the the, the impact is long-lasting and the recovery can be very complicated because of all the, the psychological harm that they they usually end up doing to a person so um, yeah, that's it. I just uh, I just wanted to talk about narcissism because I was personally inspired <laughs> and personally impacted. And hopefully this also normalizes to you guys that hashtag we all have issues, right? Like that's what I always say, I get mental. And that you guys know that there is help out there and no one is immune to being victimized by a person who truly is, you know, uh, choosing to victimize you. The only thing you can do is to know the signs, educate yourself, and get the heck out of there. That's what I'm doing. So I hope you guys found this episode informative and encouraging and inspires you to get the help that you deserve. And like I always say, be well, be gentle, get mental, because we all have issues, including your host. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons.